You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, hello there, AP, and welcome to December. Ah, Murph, I'm so excited. I am exactly on track with my Murph miles for the Murphology 200-mile <laughs> challenge. <laughs> I I actually successfully completed the challenge on November Look 30th. So, um, you know, my for those of you who don't know what this is, it's a just a fun, motivating group where we're all trying to do 200 miles um, in November and December. I made my goal, right? So my choice is now yeah. keep going or just lay on the couch all oh, December. Well, <laughs> that's up to you. I mean, congratulations, though. That's a major achievement, it, especially this time of year. It, it is pretty cool. And, you know, it gave me reason the other night um, we were all going to go biking. And then with the wind chill, it was like 11 degrees. <laughs> And the only reason I went is because I was so close to getting to this goal, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Like, you know, it's like a mind, um, mind over matter kind of thing. Like, I want to yeah, make my goal. Yeah. I'll bundle up. And of course, once you're out there, it was fine. Yeah, absolutely. I know. And I've been trying to do all my miles on the trainer now. Yeah. And it's also mind over matter. You know, you never want to hop on the trainer, but... I just think about how I'm going to feel good when I'm done and I've accomplished this and right. I've added to my mileage. Yay. Um, and I was really ahead of, I was ahead of course, but as you can probably tell, I do have a cold from Thanksgiving. I yes. hugged too many babies, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I kind of fell behind, but luckily I was ahead enough that anyway, I'm on, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to get my 200 miles. Um, uh, but I think you should try for 400. Yeah, I think I'm going to. I really do. Because yeah. I also have been on my trainer in addition to being outside. So you're right. Yeah. Thank you. So you can really rack up those miles. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, I can't wait to see how you um, do with that because cool. 400 would really be a cool achievement. Thank you. Well, icing on the cake. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned, everyone. So um, here we are in December. Registration is open for RAGBRAI. And I assume I know the answer to this, but for people that don't know, is there going to be a gravel day again in, in 2023? Oh, you bet your buttons there's going to be a gravel day on 2023. <laughs> and it's going to have, since it's Rag by 50, everything is going to have a little special twist to it. Yeah. So, so will gravel day. That's all I can say because I don't know what the twist is. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for the twist, but there's going to be a gravel day and there's going to be a twist. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be a good time. And I know uh, Fibbin's already been working on it. So it's going to be something a little something special for the gravel riders in the group. Okay, cool. cool. And uh, today our interview is about gravel. And it got me thinking, like, a lot of people absolutely love gravel and everything about gravel. But I would say an equal number of people don't understand gravel. Like, why would you ride your bike on rocks when you have pavement to ride on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you already know my thoughts on gravel. It's just kind of fun. <laughs> like I really love to just bomb down the road on my bike and like just sort of send it. I don't know why it's more fun to do like that on gravel than on pavement. Maybe it feels safer in a way in that it's not also, I don't know. Now I'm saying it out loud. It doesn't quite make sense, but I really love to just like blast off into the 
gravel sphere on my bike. And I can tell you that's a fact because I've seen you (laughs) when you're on your, I can't remember what the name of your bike is. With the really skinny tires. Of my Teasdale? Yes, your Teasdale. And, you know, I'm on my big, you know, two and a half inch tires and I'm panicking because I see a little bit of gravel and you just like increase your speed and (laughs) zoom right through it and you do it with ease. That's right. Well, it's all about not holding on to the handlebars too tight so they have a little wiggle room. But Ah. um, I know some people would say that all bikes are gravel bikes. Yeah. And I certainly ride my bike like that, but my paint job has suffered from it I do think there is something to having a bike specifically built for gravel yes and I I have a I have a couple gravel bikes actually and you know they have a different wheelbase they have a little bit different frame they're I think they're meant to flex a little bit more and then of course they don't have suspension Mm -hmm. but the bike itself is designed more to be able to take a beating on rocks yeah yep and You know, it's sort of like I have a really old school mountain bike that doesn't have suspension and it's kind of the same diff where like they're just built to take the the abuse. Yeah. But, you know, you have to also train your mind for the gravel. You're not going to go as fast and as far in the same amount of time as you're going to go on a road bike on beautiful asphalt. Right, right. And uh, that actually brings me to our interview today because he says the exact same thing. Oh, well. So, yeah. (laughs) On the show today is Aria Sabidi, and he is part of what's called the Iowa Gravel Gang. So Ooh. I don't know if you have ever crossed paths with him, but this guy is super motivating. He's got a lot of passion for gravel, and his story is interesting. Like, he hasn't been gravel riding, you know, his whole life. It was kind of like a by chance thing. So I don't want to ruin it, but it's yeah. a really, really fun interview. And um, before we get into it, I want to make sure if if anyone is interested in seeing his YouTube account and his Instagram account, you have to check it out because he kind of documents when he's on rides, beautiful mm. scenery, because he goes all over the United States. But his both his Instagram and YouTube account are Iowa Gravel Gang. So, oh, I love that. Should we uh, take a listen? Absolutely. Can't wait to get to know Aria. Well, I would like to welcome Aria to the podcast. How's it going? Not bad at all. Thank you for having me. I'm uh the pleasure of being here. Uh, so I'm excited to have a chat with you. Yes, me too. So you are known on Instagram as Iowa Gravel Gang. And I have been following you for quite some time. And every time I see one of your posts, I'm always like, oh my gosh, I got to add that to the bucket list. Or he, why is he suffering on all of these super steep climbs? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, look at the scenery. So I'm talking to you in real life right now, but I talk to you a lot when I look at your, your Instagram posts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad uh, you, you follow along. That's uh, quite, you know, I love the adventure part of it. So yeah. And definitely inspiring. The stuff that you post is very inspiring. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. You know, that's kind of why I share this uh, 
you know, on Instagram and YouTube and stuff. It's just, I just want, you know, people to get out there and yeah. have fun with all these adventures. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I'm overshare of that. Good. So you are on the yeah. podcast to specifically talk about being a gravel cyclist. Um, and of course, we'll get into some other things. But do you want to start out before we even get into that and maybe tell us where you live and what the cycling culture is like there? Yeah, I, I, I live in Iowa City. Uh, I would say probably one of the best gravel communities. I'm biased because I live here. Um, <laughs> but it's just about a mile to the nearest gravel road from my house, which is, you know, pretty unique for, you know, a, a semi-decent sized town. Yeah. But the gravel, uh, most of the Iowa City culture here is kind of laid back. More, you could, When you see these guys on bicycles and girls, uh, you definitely know that uh, these are gravel cyclists. It's just laid back mm-hmm. and it's all about fire fun on the bicycle that's really the vibe that you get around here yeah and i can also agree with you i've done many many miles down in the iowa city area um, which for those of you who don't know that iowa city is located in iowa and um, the you know i've said it many times we don't have mountains here but i think that the trail builders have done an excellent job of providing us with unique experiences on gravel, on single track, on all of it. Absolutely. I, I feel like we're really fortunate. Yes, like you pointed out, we don't have the mountains, but the accessibility to even mountain biking uh, within the city limits is just really uh, something unique and special. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how many gravel miles exist in Iowa, but somebody made a t-shirt or a sweatshirt that literally is a map. I think it was actually the guys over at Bike Iowa. It's a map of the state of Iowa, and it's almost completely colored in with uh, gravel routes. It is spectacular. Yeah, yeah. It, it is unique. I actually own that shirt. Oh, do uh, you really? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, and I think they, they say it is close to 100,000 miles worth of like gravel roads. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, which is just epic. epic. Yes. Okay, so have you always been a gravel cyclist? <laughs> Not really. No, I actually stumbled upon gravel by accident. Uh, I just met my now wife, and, we, you know, we love biking, but we just really kind of bike in the city. We're primarily road riders. And we went uh, to the bike shop, and we saw this sign um, saying there was a local race. Uh, it's, uh, it's called I- IC Gravel. I I would see gravel, but it's called ICCG now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it was 60 miles, and it was going to be in gravel. I was like, well, I mean, how hot could you know 60 miles be? So, <laughs> so, so we signed up, right? We signed up, and as anybody that rides gravel, it rained the the whole day before and the whole night, uh, you know, before the race. So we get there; it's still raining. We decided. Well, let's, let's. We paid money to be here, yeah, so let's do it let's anyway. Try, let's let's do it anyway. Uh, keep in mind, I never cycled anything over twenty-five miles. Oh my um, goodness! And and yeah. rarely on gravel. Exactly. So I was like, well, you know, sixty miles. You know, you you know, triple the distance, and you'd be good to go. And uh, I didn't know anything about nutrition on a bicycle because if you're riding within the city, you could just stop and grab something to eat pretty easily. Uh, so all I had on my bike was water, and mm. we embarked on a 60-mile <laughs> uh, gravel race. Mm. And I quickly found out, you know, 25 miles in, um, 
I, I was totally bonked. Both of my right legs locked up completely. Oh no! I couldn't unclip. <laughs> I couldn't unclip, and I fell over on the side. Out in the middle of Iowa somewhere, and this lady, the property owner, comes out running, thinking, "Oh, this guy is dying in front of my yard." <laughs> so she, <laughs> she's like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" And um, so you know, I all nice. You know, she gave me water. She had Coca Cola. Uh, there had been some people I'd been riding with, you know, back and forth, and they stopped and helped me. They're like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, my legs are all locked up. So they shared with me their salt. I actually made like six new long-term friends that day. Yeah. Like, well, we'll ride with you. We'll keep you out of trouble. Uh, long story short, it took me ten hours to go sixty miles. Oh, you finished it though. Oh, I finished it. Wow. Uh, we ended up. We we even won for being in last place. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we got some uh we got some presents that I, some prizes they gave us at the end of the uh, <laughs> the event so yeah i'm like well this, this was worth it so i was hooked after that which is amazing that you would say you're hooked because anybody who rides on gravel knows when it's raining it's a little bit more like mud and slug you know like it's absolutely it's not a surface that you know, it's a typical riding uh, your bike surface. So uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> you know, it, there's something about, I think, you know, exceeding one's expectations on what you're capable of doing. Mm. Uh, and I think that's what really had me hooked was being able to, like, ride, you know, 40 miles more than I'd ever ridden and being able to accomplish it painfully, but yes. uh, it was able to be done. <laughs> And uh, I, you don't have to answer this if you don't want, but is your wife still a gravel rider, or did she maybe say that was enough? No, she's still a gravel rider. Oh, good, uh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in a way she actually is the one that pushes me yeah. to, uh, to, to keep riding. Uh, I, I love riding, but, you know, when you ride with a senior, you don't want to let him down, so you all, you know, you try to go the extra envelope uh, mile to, you know, to succeed and, but yeah, she still rides. Uh, she's the big reason why I ride today. Ah, oh, that's excellent. And that's kind of an example of what's it called? Type two fun, where, you know, as you're living it, you're laying on the ground in front of somebody's house and you're eating salt tablets. You're like, why am I doing this? But I bet you, after a couple of days, you're like, woohoo, I am amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it, it's fantastic, right? Yeah, you're casting yourself, why did I sign up to do this? And, yeah. uh, but, you know, I always tell people, it's like, it's the stories we talk about afterwards. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, otherwise there'll be no fun. Yes, you know? exactly. So helps you appreciate. <laughs> yeah. So we know, you know, your wife enjoys gravel with you. You made some great friends. Like, do you have a, like, are you able to define what you enjoy most about gravel riding or is it a little bit everything? I would say, you know, and this might be really zoning into that particular point, but being on a wide open, and I, I've ridden everywhere, but I just love the gravel roads of Iowa, you know, the population's low, and getting on the roads and just the sound of gravel, you know, when you transition from pavement to gravel. Mm -hmm. And just going miles and miles of wide open countryside, to me, it's so liberating. I don't have to worry about traffic, and for for a second, you're isolated from from the 
to the rest of the world. A lot of times you don't have good reception yeah. where you're riding. So you're not distracted by your phone. It's, it's just you, the bicycle, and the road. I, I think that's my real number one thing of uh, gravel mm-hmm. riding. I yeah. agree. I was out on a gravel ride this past weekend and um, just with a handful of friends. And there was a point when I got dropped. And so I was literally, you know, I could see him way up yeah. ahead. And I didn't even, it didn't bother me at all because I was just like, look at the farmland. And, you know, these guys are harvesting their crops. And, you know, over here, it's a beautiful windmill. Like, so there's just so much to see. And uh, it wasn't like a, oh my gosh, I hope, you know, a big tractor doesn't run me down from behind because everything's just so peaceful out there. Yeah, except the occasional uh, uh, farm dog that yes. wants to say hi but doesn't know how to say hi. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. But that's all part of the adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so at some point you decided to either invent or join or, you know, decide that Iowa Gravel Gang needed to exist. Will you tell us what that's all about? So Iowa Gravel Gang was born out of the... Uh, the, the year that was 2020, uh, you know, we decided, well, we can't really, you know, do the big group rides, but, you know, we had a close network of friends. We're like, well, let's, uh, let's start riding a lot of miles every weekend. Uh, so a few of my friends, we, we just decided to, you know, would, would, I think that, yeah, we were doing a minimum of 80 miles, uh, every Saturday or Sunday. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and so it was my wife, a friend of mine, uh, his wife, and a couple other people. So we decided, like, you know what? Because we'll show up in this small town. They're like, oh, what? Are you guys some kind of gang? You know? Because <laughs> <laughs> you go to all these small towns and, you know, you're showing up in Lycra. They're like, what's wrong with these people? Why are they dressed like this? Uh, but, uh, so we're like, you know, we better come up with a name. Um, so we decided, like, we, we know we do gravel in Iowa. Let's be the Iowa Gravel Gang. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's how that was born. Now. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, saying that you are on a weekend ride and you try and do, you know, 80-some miles brings me to my next question. Um, as long as I've been following you as Iowa Gravel Gang, you are – you were on some super epic gravel adventures and you know you're you're documenting most of these races and rides and most of them seem to be super high mileage which maybe it's just the ones that you video but i'm always like wait a minute how is he doing this many you know like what the heck so what is it about endurance cycling that interests you you know i i think mainly for me you know, I played rugby in, in, in college, uh, in high school. And, you know, it was, you know, it's super, super long, uh, short event. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, it's physical, but you have, you know, the endurance part of the aspect actually gives you a whole insight in, in what the human body is capable of doing. So being able to go on these 100 plus mile rides, because if you think about it, it's like the way I try to tell people, it's like, you know, from Iowa City to Des Moines here in Iowa, you know, it's a hundred miles and in a car, it feels like it takes forever. Mm-hmm. But just imagine doing that on a bicycle on a gravel road. Uh, it's such an epic journey. And I think it's the excitement of just covering those miles yeah. um, and preparing and making sure 
if I have a mechanic who I can fix it. All the unknowns, I think that draw me to, to that cause. Even though you've, tr you've trained, you never know how things are going to go. Mm -hmm. uh, the human body is very <laughs> unique. So it's just the unknown. Sometimes it kind of draw me to keep going and doing these longer and longer um, adventures. Mm -hmm. And that's something I have not tried yet is to do Iowa City to Des Moines by gravel. So that is very intriguing to me. Yeah, uh, you know, so... I've already, you know, in the early days of my gravel, you know, excursions, we used to do, you know, 40 to 50. And that was, you know, that was, that's still a lot of miles on the gravel road. Yeah. Um, but my wife did uh, unbound gravel uh, in 2018. And I just remember being like, who rides 200 miles on a gravel bike? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I told myself about, I'm never going to ride 200 miles. That's just, you know, obnoxious. <laughs> and I remember her crossing the line so depleted. And I was like, you know, well, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> so I kind of took myself in and out of it for the longest time. And I was like, well, let me just give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. Um, so I decided to sign up. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit more about some of the races you've tackled. Um, you mentioned Unbound gra yeah, Gravel. Yeah, Unbound Gravel. Okay, yeah. So yeah. you've done Unbound Gravel. Um, I know you've done Gravel Worlds because I saw you from afar there. But tell us about some of the other races you've done where there are just like endurance and gravel and craziness. So I, I think right now if you ask me to rank my greatest, funnest <laughs> uh, events, yeah. I would say... Uh, uh, Rebecca's private Idaho is up there on mm -hmm. the list of things. Um, you know, it's a multi-day stage race. I, and I actually never done a stage race before, mm -hmm. but now I'm sold. Uh, so what makes this gravel bike race unique is the format, right? You have the three days of racing. Um, there's a, so the first day is only 45 miles, right? That's right. not a long day. Mm -hmm. And but you coming from, you know, for example, for, for a person like me, I'm coming from Iowa, pretty much sea level, um, and going up to, you know, 6,000, 7,000 mm, feet mm -hmm. uh, and riding up there. But what's unique was the first day was 45 miles and 25 of those miles, I believe, are all single track. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not the single track that I'm used to, which is super flowy. It's like actual mountain biking, right? <laughs> and, yeah, and I assume big rocks and roots and yeah, like the real stuff. The real stuff. It's real mountain biking. Uh, but every, everybody shows up on, on the gravel bike. So the bike and fork that you start out with uh, for the event is what you have to finish on. Oh. So you can't swap out for a mountain bike on day one and then you know, have your speedy gravel bike the next two days. So, but, but the challenge of the 45 miles is fast, the, you know, the single track, which is really unique. It's beautiful country, you know, you're high above the mountain stuff, riding your bike. Um, but you have from, uh, we started, I believe eight and you had to be done in like two and a half hours, mm. uh, for the, for the, uh, for the single track section, which you know, you think, oh, okay, that's, you know, to only go that many miles uh, in such a short distance. But 
the single track part of it, you know, you get grades of upwards of 20%, you know, 22%. So steep that you can't even push your bike up just walking up. Wow. <laughs> so stuff like that excites me, terrifies me in a moment, but it also excites me after I look back at it. Uh, but then, you know, that's stage one. So we made the cutoff, you know, you ride, you do an out and back course. I ran out of water. So that was a fast for me after running out of water. Mm. Um, on the day one, but I only had like two miles to the finish. You know, it's high desert, so very unique uh, to what it does to the body. So you're sweating, but not actually sweating. Yeah, you don't feel it, right? Uh, yeah, and then you have the day two. Day two uh, was it was 50 miles, uh, really all uphill, and but you had the section that uh, I want to say four and a half miles of timed. Event. Oh, Rebecca. Rebecca Rush herself actually sends you off to start your segment. So it's pretty cool to actually talk to the legend in the flesh there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you ride as fast as you can up the mountain, you know, for four and a half miles. And then you get up there, you have a Red Bull, because you sponsored by Red Bull, and then you turn <laughs> around and you pedal down, you know, 25, 30 miles all downhill. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really unique. Uh, and then the third day of that, you take the day, um, there's a day off in the middle, which is optional. You can ride it if you want to. And then the last day is 100 miles. Uh, you start off with a 50-mile climb up this mountainside. Really cool. Uh, once you get up the top of the mountain, it's kind of more like gravel, like anywhere else, but mm-hmm. really beautiful. You're surrounded by mountains. So that's probably right now number one on my list of adventures that I would love to do every year uh, if possible. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And, you know, I'm like, oh, man, they leave the longest, you know, event for the last day. But I guess, you know, like you said, you're kind of, if you can, acclimate a little bit to the elevation and probably have a lot of fun in between rides and races. So, oh, man, that's been on yeah. my list for years to do that. So you're talking me you into should- it. <laughs> You should do it. And there's an optional day. There's an optional day before you do the last uh, longest race. So, and you know, the first two days are shorter, you know, so they're 45 miles. So you're done, Yeah. you know, before, before one o'clock every day and you can relax and recover. Wow. And how many miles did you do when you did like gravel worlds? Gravel worlds was, that's another one of my favorites. I love those guys. Yeah. Too. Um, I feel like they really do a good job of, of making sure that everybody has a fun day on the bicycle. Um, yes, I, I think I do remember seeing you in uh, next to Andrea there, yeah. at Andrea at Grub Worlds. Um, Grub Worlds was 150 miles. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't have the best day this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't train as much as I wanted to, but because a part of me thinks, well, you've done all these, you know, multi day long. Uh, bike events. So I'm like, oh, 150 miles. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, this year they decided. I was talking to actually one of the uh, event organizers. Like, why did they make this, you know, race so hilly this year? Because the last, uh, the year before 2020, no, 21, it was relatively flat. I think over the 150 miles, I think you had somewhere in the neighborhood of 7,000 feet of elevation. So. That's not bad for 150 miles, mm-hmm. um, but they decided, you know, people were like, oh, Nebraska is flat. So, 
you know, like don't tempt, don't, don't tempt the, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't tempt fit guys. Don't wake, <laughs> wake the monster. <laughs> yeah. And it also like, well, you want flat, we'll show you. And it was like 11,000 plus feet of climbing. Um, it was windy yeah. every single direction you turn. Yeah. Uh, but such a fun day, super, super tough day. Um, it took me quite a while to finish, but it was, uh, definitely it holds a special place in my heart yeah. <laughs> i'll be doing it again next year for sure <laughs> yes me too and um and like you said it's in nebraska and i've done a couple interviews with the organizers on this podcast and we kind of laugh because most people who aren't from the midwest or live near the midwest they only know about nebraska when they drive their cars down interstate 80 which is extremely flat and boring but uh you and i can say <laughs> there's plenty of elevation in Nebraska. Yep, yep, exactly. You know, when you're spinning down 80, you know, going 70 some miles an hour yeah. through Nebraska, you're like, oh man, these guys don't have any hills. Yes. What is this? <laughs> and then you get it. You know, even uh, like uh, there's a, there's a, another endurance race I've done uh, in the Des Moines area by Winter City, Iowa. Uh, it's called Spiral Horses, usually in October. Mm-hmm. Super hilly, super hilly. Uh, and that's a that's a tough one, but you know, prior to actually doing that event, I just didn't know that you know Iowa had such epic epic climbs. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although um, our friend Sarah Cooper does a great job of seeking out the steepest, craziest <laughs> elevation yes. she can find. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've attempted that event twice and I've never finished it. Ah. Uh, yeah. Because it, it, she's like you said, she's, uh, those, that's a tough course. Uh, you have to really be ready. Because of the, you know, it could be really cold uh, that time of the year. Yeah. So there's a lot of elements to contend with just in fitness. It's a lot for to put it yeah, in yeah. plan. Well, any other races or rides that you want to uh, talk about or brag about? Um, you know, I would say, uh, unbound uh, also is a unique event, you mm-hmm. know, that's 200 miles. Uh, I love, uh, you know, that, that was, a, it's, it's, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it again because <laughs> that's a long time on a bicycle yeah. and a long way to go on uh, gravel, <laughs> on gravel, on gravel. Yeah. Um, but my, I would say one of the, uh, second to uh, Rebecca's private Idaho, I would say would be the Rad Dirt uh, Fest in Trinidad, Colorado. Oh, um, yeah. So that's pretty. That's uh, it's a sleeper active uh, event. It's only this is the second year uh, it's been happening, uh, but it's really it's not very high up in the mountains. Still six thousand feet, mm. but they have some of the most beautiful gravel roads. In, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, and easy to get to. Um, I like when I go to do events that I don't have to drive very far from, let's say, a campground or a hotel to yeah. get to the event or to get the gravel roads. Mm-hmm. And Trinidad is just one of those, like, you can ride out to every gravel road um, uh, pretty easily without having to get in your car. Nice. And so, what's, what's the so name of that an, event yet? Uh, that one's called the Rat Dirt. Okay, because that makes me think of... Yeah. It would be single track, but it is a gravel event. Yeah, gravel event. You can do single track if you want to as well. Oh. And, uh, 
what's unique about this is you know they have uh, uh, actually so we were riding uh, and we had been told you know there's there's bears there oh gosh. and i don't do i don't do bears very well <laughs> maybe if i'm in a car <laughs> wait does anybody do you bears know? very well <laughs> you know i've talked to some people like oh yeah you know black bears whatever i'm, I'm okay with that no. Like, no 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 <laughs> i don't want to run into a bed ride my bicycle right. um <laughs> but you know that I guess Trinidad Colorado has the highest concentration of uh, black bears in the lower 48. So, uh, so when you ride out there, you should have bear spray just in case. Did you see any? I did. I, I oh, did. You did. Run around the <sighs> they'd run around the city like you know, like we see deer here in Iowa. Yeah. Uh, the black bear population is just that. The, the high there, they just run all over the place. Wow, I don't, I do not think I would like want to wake up in the morning, grab my coffee, and be like, "Oh, there's a bear in my backyard." Like, no, thank yeah. you. <laughs> you, I think we agree on something. I, uh, I'm okay with that. I, I'll stick with the deer and the raccoon that would run around my back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you've been to many, many places throughout the United States to do gravel riding. And I'm guessing you probably are a huge fan of Iowa gravel based on what you said earlier in this interview. But do you have a favorite place that you like to take your bike and ride? Yes, absolutely. Uh, right uh, right now, and uh, you know, like I said, Trinidad, Colorado is my favorite place to, oh, uh, wow. to ride my bike. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say there's a couple of things that work for it. The pr- proximity, it's, yes, it's still a long drive from here to there, uh, from Iowa City to Trinidad, mm-hmm. but you don't have to go up any mountain passes, so it's pretty easy to get to. Mm. Uh, it cools down at night, so if you're tent camping, uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, sweating in, in, your, in your tent like, you know, you would here in Iowa in the summertime. Yeah. Uh, it's a you know, smaller metropolis. Uh, and, you know, the riding is just so much untapped gravel, mm. open roads. And, you know, I think they're trying to push it for, to be a touristy destination. Mm-hmm. So the people are so nice uh, when you ride on your bike, you know, people give you plenty of space when they're passing you, when they're driving. The views are just fantastic. There's so much history there. Um, there used to be a lot of coal mining there, so there's a lot of history about small towns there. Mm. But the roads, the gravel roads, they have canyons. It, it's up. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Would you um, describe Colorado gravel similar to Iowa gravel? Because I always feel like the gravel is a little bit different every place you go. But how would you describe yeah. Colorado gravel? So I think, for example, if, if we look at Trinidad, their gravel, since there's not a lot of like heavy tractors and stuff that do, the, like here in Iowa where we do the corn and all that mm-hmm. stuff, their gravel roads are more mainly like fire road access. Ah, uh, okay. But not more of in a dirt mountainside road, more of like a hard packed pavement mm-hmm. style gravel. You mm-hmm. uh, know, so I would say it's closer to pavement than actual gravel. Mm-hmm. Um, but very unique. Well, what, okay, overall, just like as a general overall thought or feeling, what do you think inspires you to keep riding your bicycle? You, you know, what, the, uh, the ability to just be able to pick up your bike 
and and ride further than most people can drive in a day mm. to me it's it's really appealing um but you know also riding on a bicycle and see you're more a lot more intimate uh, to the environment so yeah. you're riding through than than you normally do when you're just speeding through with a car uh, you know, you get to talking to so many people, you know, people are always curious, you know, you bicyclists, what are you doing out here? It's so far away from, you know, from civilization. <laughs> so it's always fun to talk to these people and, and, you know, getting their stories of, you know, oh man, I've lived here my whole life. And, you know, they ask you where you're from. And it's, I just love the interactions that I, I normally have out there. Um, one of the stories I love to tell is in my early days of bike parking. Mm-hmm. We went uh, to uh, Whitefish, uh, Montana. Oh yeah. They have uh, they have the bike retreat there. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's really like a hostel for biking. Mm-hmm. Um, really beautiful place. Uh, there's mountain biking, there's gravel biking. So the plan was to bike from Whitefish to Glacier National Park and then back. Ah. So the first day, that was, you know, we had to go up Red Meadow Pass, which is close to like 30 miles of uphill. Oh, my. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, you're riding with a loaded bike, and it's, it was still after snow at the top of, the, of Red Meadow Pass. So we get to the top, and I had never been to a place so quiet. Mm. You know, and we get to the top, it's snow packed, it's like, two feet of snow still, um, and I could hear my heartbeat, you know, just standing there. Wow. Uh, and the city boy in me is like, I need to get off this mountain. The sun's going down. I don't want to camp up here. As we're pushing our bikes through the snow, these two guys jump out of nowhere. Um, and, and, you know, they were bike parking. They were doing uh, parts of the tour divide. Oh, um, okay. So, that, yeah, so the tour divide goes through... Uh, part of that red metal pass there and you know we got to talking and went our story we exchanged stories so I, I, I like those organic moments where you just create a bond with these people who mm-hmm. you just met you know but you the one similarity is the love for bicycles yeah uh so so they're like are you camping up here we're like no no we're going out to the next town it's called paul bridge uh i didn't want to tell them i didn't want to you know talk to the, to the grizzly bears uh <laughs> Anyway, he's like, oh, he's like, no, you guys should stay. It's like, this lake has the highest population of grizzly bears in the lower 48. Oh, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm like, no, no, we're not. I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. So I told my wife, we need to go. We need to go right now. So <laughs> luckily, it was, you know, it was another like 25 miles downhill that way, you know. So we just coasted all the way down to town and we put up our tent. In the next morning, we went to a local diner there to get some breakfast, and we're talking to. Uh, there's a there was a doctor there that does uh, does free medical services for the. Uh, so there was a, I think the Blackfeet tribe of the the American the, the Indians that oh, okay. live in that part of. Uh, he's like, oh, you know, because we needed internet for something. I don't remember what it was. He's like, oh, I'll, you can go back to my house and I'll give you internet. They, they it's just so people are so generous when mm-hmm. you know when you're out there. So went to his house and we're having a conversation. He's like, oh, did you guys see the family of Grizzly? Because we camped right outside of his property, not so far away. He's like, yeah, there's a family of Grizzly like right over there. Like, oh, so I thought we were like 
of the mountain were you know super yeah you're safe safe <laughs> uh, but but we we made it and rained up rained the whole day and we took this road it's called the inside north fork road uh and i think it used to be part of the tour divide i don't know if it's still part of it uh it's super rugged we couldn't we had to push our bike up most of the places so as we're riding i keep seeing this this bear tracks and bear scott i'm like this looks fresh i think there's a bear here as as we go around the corner there's a giant grizzly right on the road no. in the middle of the road. <laughs> uh. so so i froze i froze and i was like okay what do we do now uh we can't go back um so i got my bear spray luckily the bear didn't want anything to do with us it ran off into the bushes still terrifying so i rode with my bear spray in my, in my hand for until we got to glacier yeah and once we, we got to Glacier and the park ranger, she's like, how did you guys, you know, it was right after uh, sunset. Uh, she's like, how did you guys get into the park? We're like, oh, we used this road. She's like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, she, and if the park ranger says that, I'm, I, I'm like, I have a feeling that's not, you know, a good wow. Like, can you elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm safe, I you can tell me, yeah. you know, what, what I shouldn't have done. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, well, now that you guys have made it, I'll tell you a story. She's like, last year we had to close down that road. It's called the Bear Highway oh. because a guy, a guy was bikepacking through there. And, you know, he ran into a grizzly and, you know, he sprayed it and it, it ran off, you know, it ran off and came back. So he finally, like, saw that he wasn't giving up. He jumped off his bike and then he ate his bike seat. He had a Brooks saddle. So the more of the story, don't, don't ride the Brooks saddle. <laughs> Real leather right. is not necessary on a bike around bears. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but oh it's, you know, even after all that stuff, it's just, it's still amazing. You know, it's, otherwise we wouldn't be here telling the story. It's just being able to go out there and, and adventure and kind of, you know, see new things, experience new things. That's why we ride bikes. Yes. And the experience of Whitefish Mountain area is, you know, I'm so impressed because you'll start out at probably a normal temperature, normal surroundings, and then you went all the way up to where there's still snow and then came back down. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you want to experience by bicycle because it's, you know, you're going at a smaller pace. You can look around, enjoy your surroundings. Super, super cool. Absol yeah, absolutely. I think it's the diversity of, of just what you see and, and, and feel. It's, it just makes uh, bike touring quite exciting. Yeah. Well, and the grizzly bears make it even maybe a little bit too exciting, but so far all your stories have good endings. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I know that you are hoping to do RPI and Gravel Worlds and maybe Unbound, but anything else on your calendar for next year? Yeah, so I'm kind of next year I'm gonna shoot for uh, there's an event that I've been eyeing but just hadn't had the time. Uh, you might know it uh, called Mid South. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, I, I ran into Bobby uh, Wento uh, of the Mid South uh, at the end of uh, Gravel Worlds actually, uh, and he extended an invite uh, for me to to go try out uh, Mid South. So. That's, I've been wanting to do that. It looks like such a rad event. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to be excited to go try that out. 
so that's uh, number one. And I think there's another one called uh, Gravel Locos. Oh. Locos in, uh, in uh, Heiko, Texas. Hmm. Uh, I think they have one in Pueblo, Colorado as well, but I think I'll be doing the Heiko one. But those are the two events that I'm shooting for to end. RPA, if uh, Rebecca will have me back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that all sounds so awesome. And then, of course, when you're not doing races, you're still enjoying gravel, whether it's with friends or a weekly ride or just maybe you and your wife. Like, it sounds like a gravel is a very important part of your life. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the people I've met uh, through, you know, gravel cycling, it's such a, it's such a community. Uh, I've made lifelong friends from just, you know, gravel cycling. We're going out tonight. He and I will see we have a local ride that starts at a local bike shop uh, here. And it's Monday night. Everybody's welcome of all levels, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cycling abilities. So, you know, we'll be doing that tonight. You know, it's no no drop ride. So we wait for everybody. We all roll back in you know, oh, the team. Fun. Yeah. Re- yeah, really cool. And we end at the brewery, have some beers. Uh, and, you know, call it a night. And you add another element of excitement because you'll probably be pedaling most of your ride tonight in the dark. So that's Correct. always adds a little fun to a gravel, uh, you know, excursion. Absolutely. I have my lights charging right now. Oh, ready good. To, uh, to be, and I think we've been really lucky today. I think it's supposed to be in the 50s for temperatures. So oh, that should yeah. be yeah. pretty good. Well, before we go, um, can you give us like your social handle so that people can maybe go check out your videos? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, uh, I go by IO Gravel Gang on Instagram and also IO Gravel Gang on YouTube. Uh, YouTube, you know, I, I have my more longer form videos up there, and then Instagram more sharing what I'm riding that day uh, and random bike stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and I love your YouTube videos. They are you definitely feel like you're there. So. Those are awesome. Thank you. I want yeah. people to know what it's like to be in the middle of the park there, you know, without being the fastest person out there. But, yeah. you know, just giving like uh, experience. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, you know, sharing your gravel stories. I absolutely loved it. Thank you for having me. Big fan of the podcast. I'm glad that I, I got a chance to converse with you uh, on it. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com, or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just just go bike. bike!